Hello and welcome to the Internet's number one podcast for Cole Hamill's appreciation. That's both of them, Garrett Cole and Cole Hamill's. Cole Hamill's, it's very funny. They're pitching against each other tonight. Mm -hmm. We're trying to record a nice fun joke about this, but the Internet hates us and will continue to hate us for the foreseeable future. I am Max and I'm joined tonight by Hayden. Hello, everyone. But we are sadly micless. Well, not micless. We're clearly recording with microphones, but you know what I mean. Anyways. Yeah. Baseball. Joey Gall is playing center field tonight. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, definitely must watch. I really hope that he throws out a few people because it would just be <laughs> what if it's like a, a Wally Pip kind of deal where he just <laughs> is a, a natural fit out there. I mean he he's obviously athletic enough to play it. He's got the arm for it. He just doesn't yeah. really have the prototypical body for it. No, not is even he, a little bit. He's six yeah. six five, two hundred and sixty pounds. Like that's not yeah. a center fielder. That's a defensive I mean, well, end. How how big was Josh Hamilton? Six four, two forty, two thirty. Close enough. Close yeah, enough. Close, close. Yeah. But like, my gosh. <laughs> Joey Gallon said yeah. it feels like I have been like living because we we've seen it. We saw it in was it sixteen? Is when that last happened? I don't know. I don't think it was last year. Uh, selfishly, I'm rooting for it because I, being a proper Rangers fan, employ Joey Gallo on I believe both of my my better fantasy leagues this year. Mm. Um, although I think the last time I checked, Hayden, you're smoking me in uh, in one of those leagues. So, yeah, I check like once a week. It's yeah. you just draft well and you have good intuition. That's all you need. Hey, and speaking of drafting well, you know who doesn't? Oh, hey, but maybe thought- we did. Uh, we just had the MLB draft. Come back in five years to see yeah, if right. we drafted well or not. Check in 2024. Rangers Rundown will tell you whether or not Rangers Rundown was right in 2018. Yeah, old takes exposed. Uh, gonna, I'm probably going to look dumb because my initial response to our first overall pick, Cole Wynn, right-handed pitcher, Orange Lutheran High School in Southern California, was mm-hmm. pretty negative. Um, okay. Uh, so for those listening at home, hopefully you have had the chance to see Kevin Carter's article on Baseball Prospectus uh, breaking down sort of expect the return on value of draft picks and his data showed that the the worst position in terms of return on investment in the first round is prep so high school right-handed pitchers and texas promptly goes <laughs> and takes and drafts every a single one pitcher. and we took our first two <laughs> picks for prep right-handed pitchers that are prep shortstop then i think another prep righty and then another yep. prep shortstop is that right yep yep so, and then woo. a whole lot more prep arms it's great yeah, a ton of them. Uh, but so Cole Wynn, just just my gut reaction was, oh, great, a high school righty. Uh, Texas has been awful at drafting high school righties as an organization, and high school righties don't seem to be very good. So just for reference, for folks who don't have to look this up, I'm going to depress you. So if you don't like hearing bad stuff, just like tune out. Fast um, forward. Since 2000... The Rangers have drafted, I see, five, no, now six right-handed pitchers out of high school in the first round, not counting the comp or supplemental rounds. Uh, in 2004, Texas took Thomas Diamond and then Eric Hurley, 10th and 30th. So, yeah. Those are names. They're, they I were, remember. Well, I mean, Diamond was at least DVD, so. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, well, and then once Volquez and... I guess Thanks. I don't remember which D left Thanks. first. Yeah, yeah but once so, th- but then our future was an HD. We we transitioned from DVD to HD. I yes. remember that part. This is a very tech savvy podcast. Yeah, we were salvaging the uh, the acronyms. 
Speaking of, our... of salvaging, a place that you salvage <laughs> things is maybe in the Spanish Main, which leads us into 2007 when the Rangers drafted Blake Beaven and Michael Main, 17th yep. to 24th overall. Both mm-hmm. astonishingly successful careers in the big leagues. Uh, and then 2014, uh, Luis Ortiz, 30th. So the jury is still out on Ortiz. He is mm-hmm. currently having a pretty good season. The last time I looked for Biloxi, uh, I believe that's the Shuckers. They're a double-A franchise for Milwaukee. Uh, I have been remiss in my duties. I have yet to see Biloxi play in Birmingham this year. I tried lining up a, a Luis Ortiz start in, oh, about a month ago and it didn't work out. So hopefully I will see Lulu. But... Technically, he could turn into being a, a big player, but we also traded him, and that's pretty consistent with my brief research into the Rangers' top ten picks. It's not great. It's not, and no. um, I don't know when I, when I think about it, and I'm no draft expert and or or prep expert or really have any kind of valuable <laughs> insight whatsoever. Um, but just reading reading the the history and the results that we've seen from them so far, it's kind of um, I feel like there's at least a good chance that we've made an organizational shift, sort of, and especially um, with the driveline thing that you know is being rumored about, which is that's a whole other topic in and of itself. But oh, yeah. I feel like the way that we are treating pitchers and treating young players has changed over the last three or four years, or maybe even closer to the last year or two. Mm-hmm. And so the only the the only downside of that is that you don't see the the effectiveness of that change in philosophy um, until you know truly five years later. It, it's funny because uh, I was looking on the Baseball Reference page, and it's a very easy to follow. Um, you just can look up the drafts, do the draft history, and every player that was drafted by a certain team in a certain year, you can see that. You can see their career stats just right there, all in a nice clean table. Yep. And really the yeah, and the career tables for all players drafted from uh, 2014 and up are completely empty. Nobody yeah. has appeared in the major leagues. It's it's bizarre because you feel like you've read about Josh Morgan or whoever for for uh, forever. Yeah, for <laughs> but, years and but, years and years now. But truly, not a single one of those players from drafted from 2014 and onwards has appeared in the major leagues for any franchise, which is which is remarkable when you think about it. We have to go back to the 2014, or sorry, the 2013 draft, which was... Do we have a draft pick more recent than Isaiah Kiner-Falefa? Who's with the team? Um, Not technically. uh, Before Kiner-Falefa, we did draft, uh, use our first-round draft pick that year on Chichi Gonzalez, who appeared in the major leagues. Um, Also, uh, in the seventh round, Nick Gardewine has seen time with the team this year. Uh, Cody Eggy, or Edge, we still don't know how to say his name. Uh, Mm -hmm. He is a major leaguer, and he got a Sam yeah, Dyson. Miami, right? Uh, yeah, at least the last yeah, check. And Tomas Tillis. Mm-hmm. I like Tillis. I thought he was a yeah. solid oh. backup catcher. His, uh, his baseball reference photo is him wearing an Angels cap, so Uh-oh. more reason to wish him ill will. Anyways, sorry, Uh-oh. Cody. Sorry. We-, we love you. But still, even then, so we're talking about four players uh, from five years ago that have even made the major mm-hmm. leagues, and obviously – you know the draft is a crapshoot, and yeah. you're just trying to pick, pick good tools, and even successful drafts that are 40 rounds deep, you get but five major leaguers. Sure, so. I, I just I did this run through earlier. I went through the top 10 rounds, and Texas seems. Un, I mean, I didn't do it for every team, but Texas seems just insanely bad at yeah. the top 10 rounds. Like 
So I did these, and I was running through them earlier. Since 1990, we've basically signed two good third-round picks, um, and we failed to sign Barry Zito. And if you go back to 1986, you get Darren Oliver and Dean Palmer, which... Useful. That's, that's, that's cool. Since yeah. 2000, these are just arbitrary but convenient cutoff dates, um, three picks out of the third round have made the bigs. Taylor Teagarden, a guy named right. Evan Reed, who I do not remember. No and clue. And Robbie Erlin. So that's it. Four second rounders have made it. Four. Out of the second round of the draft, only four have made it since 2000. And two of them didn't even play with us. Nick Williams and uh, Jason Bourgeois. Boot. Bourgeois, I actually don't remember this, this player. <laughs> I don't know. I Bourgeois. do not remember him. <laughs> and then uh, the, the two that actually counts, uh, Matt West, and by actually counts, I mean Matt West pitched like three pity innings here. And then uh, Robbie Ross was, was a success. A yeah, for a little while there. That's a success. Yeah. I mean, he made the bigs and he was useful at times. And it's just, it's rough. So when, when you were talking earlier about like, a change in draft strategy and a change in pitching strategy generally. I think Kevin talked about this a little bit and, and folks in the Rangers verse have discussed like how they are trying to slow down pitcher development and they're focusing yep. on different things. And that's all really well and good. I like to hear that, but I do wonder how much of that is just the same sort of smoke and mirror stuff you hear every year. Every year, Kip Fag is going to come onto the broadcast and say, we love the guys who drafted this year. We really are pleased with the draft. You know, These dudes fell to us. They were our second player on the whole board, and then we got them at, at 46th or whatever, some <laughs> clearly fabricated nonsense. And, I mean, I've been familiar with the draft for the past eh, four years, maybe. wasn't really a draft guy before then. I think I remember being excited about the, the Gallo picks and like Lewis Brunson and a couple of these mm-hmm. exciting young players, but I didn't really kind of pay attention to the draft until three or four years ago. And so, sure, I look at it and I was like, well, I really liked that you know 2016 draft. We snagged Kyle Cody in the sixth round. You know, that was, that was really good. Uh, Kyle Cody could be a really good player. He's been hurt this year, but he was looking like he was in a round into being a very interesting player. The third round has been an interesting place for us the last couple of years. You know, you mentioned Josh Morgan earlier. He's been injured and weird this season, but he's still a name that I, I for some reason, find myself believing in. Michael Machuela was a third-round pick. Matt Watley last year was looking like a very interesting catching prospect. Mm-hmm. kind of a rough start to the season, but apparently the glove is all there. So I look at these recent guys, and I'm like, okay, the draft changed. I like these prospects. But if we were having this podcast in 2009... And we're looking at the 2006 drafts, and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So our early drafts are terrible. But you know what? Evan Reed, he's going to be a big guy. Robbie Erlin is a stud. Jordan Akins. Jordan Akins is going to be a stud. I mean, he was a high draft pick just right. in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'd, I'd like to believe and the folks who just brought on. I do. I, I find myself getting suckered in on different players every year, but... Oh, man, we have some history to overcome before I am sold. Yeah, that's that's kind of the fun of it too. Is the journey mm-hmm. is is just waiting on these people and seeing how we do, and all you can do is just hope for the best and look for the silver lining and and get excited about the guys that that you know fulfill your dreams for them and and for the franchise and recognize that probably. 90% of them are going to flame out and not even reach the major leagues and probably 5% are going to do anything worthwhile. And But it's when you get those 5% that are 
can have a decade with a team. I mean, then that's that's where you hang your hat, I guess. And yeah, you just got to hit on one of these kids. And and if yeah. we hit on some of the guys that we picked up over the last couple of days, I mean, Texas is going to be in a great place. So I, yeah. I, you want to just go ahead and run through some of these uh, these top draft picks and yeah. talk about funny yeah. names and what we know <laughs> about a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. Hand up. Uh, know nothing about amateur baseball and have watched maybe 15 minutes of college baseball my entire life. The only high school baseball I watched was the games that I played in, which is humble brag. Um, hey. well, the, the, the JV games that I played in and the varsity games that I watched uh, from oh. the bench. It's hey, I, I've seen the number one pick in this draft. I saw Casey Mize uh, really? pitch for Auburn. Yeah, because I, I, I'm still here in Tuscaloosa, and I get access to the, the college games. So I did get a chance to see Casey Mize. He's pretty okay. good. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard that he's got uh, a pretty advanced grade on him. That he should oh, move yeah. very quickly through the minors. The Tigers have have historically liked advanced guys. They actually drafted a couple of Texas arms. Uh, Spencer Turnbull somehow magically listened to my podcast. Hello, I loved you in college. <laughs> I hope you make it. Uh, uh, Texas, uh, Detroit seems to, to like those uh, those Bama guys, but uh, Mize is interesting. Got a really good splitter. That's maybe the best pitch in the the whole draft, but. Uh, went first overall to Detroit. Should be an interesting player to follow. It's going to be interesting to see how he lines up with Detroit's rebuild schedule. Because mm-hmm. I think he's probably going to be good and major league ready before the rest of that team is. So he might find himself in a bit of a Michael Fulmer situation where he's the only good player on a very crappy team. We'll see. We'll see. It's hard uh, to predict. Like we said earlier, Texas went right-handed high school pitchers with three of its first four picks. Yep. Cole Wynn in the first round. Owen White out of North Carolina in the second, and a, a great name, Mason Englert, at a Forney High School in the fourth round. Englert's high school teammate was also considered a, uh, a top prospect, but ended up not being drafted, I think. So, the... I, yeah, I saw something that, Childress, that... Jonathan Childress is the other player, and he was considered... Okay. Um, they are both like, kind of neck and neck. Childress is a bigger name. Entering the season, Englert had a better year... They're both considered sort of fringe, really interesting guys. Childress, I don't think, got drafted, and we picked up Englert in the fourth. Um, mm-hmm. I know, I know what I can read about him on his blurbs. So you know, yeah, he seems interesting. <laughs> he he's a huge Rangers fan, which is cool. That's very cool. He's got you know, good hair. A, I didn't I didn't see that. I looked yeah, at I saw video. that too. He's got really good hair. Yeah, as a as a lifelong Rangers fan myself, and as a um, somebody who obviously dreamed of playing professional baseball. I mean, oh, sure. to, to get drafted by the Rangers would be unbelievable because I, That's you know, me and through. me and my in my like childish, um, you know, like ten, eleven, twelve years old, mm-hmm. imagining, like, well, what, what would I do if I was drafted by the A's? I, like, I would hate that. I would just. I don't think <laughs> yeah. I, would, I don't. I, wouldn't I don't think sign. I would play. I wouldn't sign. <laughs> I, you know? I would. I would retire. Yeah. Like the Angels? No, no. I'd just. I'd just wait until I'm 25 and sign as a free agent or something. Anyways, um, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, he seems really excited, which is cool. And, yeah, I think he also broke uh, David Clyde's record for uh, consecutive scoreless innings or something cool like he that. He did, so. indeed, 55 and a third consecutive yeah. scoreless innings. Yeah, I don't care who you're playing against. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah, he throws in the and, 90s. He's 6'4". I mean, he looks like a pitcher. He looks like a starting right-handed pitcher. Heck yeah. Um, Load him up. Yeah. We, that's, that's all you can we say. Did. I mean, we did some interesting stuff with with mm-hmm. draft picks this year. We went high school yeah. heavy early on, and then we we really leaned on pitchers. I mean, almost mm-hmm. everyone we drafted was either a pitcher or a shortstop, which is 
Yeah, get your pitchers and then get your most athletic guys in the field. Yep. And that's kind of fun. Yeah, and one thing that I, I picked up on is just, you know, skimming through the scouting reports on some of these guys was that we were picking picking players that had a really clean delivery that didn't mm-hmm. have a maybe s- severely loud skill, like a, you know, high 90s fastball or something like that. Um, just really cl- closer to being professional pitchers I guess I just I just think about it in context of the Dylan Tate experience which was a colossal failure and how we just tried to jack with his delivery and so it seems like to me we're drafting guys that are going to be pretty much just let them develop more on a natural level and be who they're going to be rather than be who the Rangers maybe dream who they're going to be I don't know it's just to me I, 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 I like I like it. It feels safer to draft guys that are really good in high school or in college, <laughs> you know. So, uh, well, and, and it's something that relates to a shift that's being discussed in terms of like what kinds of prep pitchers are going in the first round versus going in the second through tenth rounds, and mm-hmm. that I think historically right-handed prep pitchers, there's a couple of dudes who everyone just says, "Oh, that guy's incredible." You know, that's Clayton Kershaw. He's going to be amazing. That's Steven Strasburg. Those guys are always going to go in the top five. Uh, technically, I think Kershaw was like the sixth pick or something like that. But whatever. You know, those those types are always going to be really highly valued. But mm-hmm. the rest of like prep first rounders seem to have been, oh, this kid throws ninety eight in in high school. You gotta you gotta pick that up. Like you can't teach ninety eight. And I think right. what we've learned over the last couple of years is, yeah, you can. Uh, there are dudes who are throwing like Charlie Morton. There are dudes who are throwing harder now than they they, they have ever thrown. And now every kid can hit ninety six. So you want to find those guys who are, uh, to, to sort of borrow the cliche a little bit, pitchers, not throwers. And that's one of the big things that people are saying about Cole Wynn is that you know, he's not a super hard thrower, although he's not some soft-tossing 80s guy. I mean, he sits in the, the low-mid-90s up to like 96, mm-hmm. I think. And he's just good. Fangraphs had this little TLDR on him. Wynn is the only prep pitcher in a deep class with no yellow or red flags on his resume. He's a near-finished product with mid-rotation stuff, feel, and consistency. This is the kind of pitcher who wasn't going in the first round before. People were taking guys who threw really hard or dudes who were six foot nine who you could dream on. Colwyn is 6'2". I've seen him described as being a bit soft-bodied in a bunch of different places. You know, this is a guy who's going to need to just polish up a lot of stuff, but he's basically a pitcher already. He throws four pitches... Like he throws a change, which is unusual for a high school pitcher. That's that's new. That's different. That's the kind of stuff that we're we're looking at drafting now. And so Cole Wynn is what being a prep righty, and as I said earlier, Texas has a terrible history here. He doesn't look much like most of the guys that, that Texas has drafted in the first round or that other teams have drafted. So I think it's very easy to say, ah, but this time we're different. This time we're better. This time we have a plan. You know, every year you have a draft. Wynn doesn't look like, say, Alex Spies. Um, he looks a little bit more like Cole Reagans, but better. Um, that's different. That's new. This is not Luke Jackson. This is a different kind of pitcher, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. And, and one thing that also stood out to me when I was reading the, uh, the scouting report on him is that um, he grades pretty highly on his command, which is what you were talking about, just being maybe a more polished pitcher rather than a thrower or somebody yeah, that has a really command. Yeah, a really loud skill. And and to me, what getting to watch Bartolo Colon this year, bringing it all the way back to 
hey, what if, <laughs> what if Cologne and, and Wynn are on the same team? Um, 50-year-old Cologne. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, but watching Cologne with his you know, Hall of Fame level command and just seeing how effective an 89 mile an hour two seamer can be when you have ridiculous command and how everything can play off of that. And um, that's something that I really like to see because, I mean, command gives you, shows that he knows what he's doing, he's going to be a pitcher, and he's not going to give a lot of free passes. And if, if the rest of his stuff plays, and I mean, look at Kyle Hendricks, for example, mm-hmm. uh, who, I mean, I, I'm, again, I'm not a draft expert, not really a minor league expert, especially I wasn't when, when, when Kyle Hendricks was in the system. But uh, I, if I remember correctly, he was graded as a guy that didn't have any loud skills and didn't throw extremely hard, but he was extremely smart, had a plan, and knew exactly where to put the ball to get the hitter out. And so, I mean, you look at what he's done, he's been incredibly valuable for the Cubs, and they wouldn't have won the World Series without him. So. You know, maybe hopefully win will allow us to win a World Series of our own. And that's why that is why I am a professional microphone speaker broadcast extraordinaire. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to let that go. But yeah, no, (laughs) like there were um, there there were there were according to fan draft scouting, which I, I know we're just. Not we as we've said before, none of us are scouts, so we have to rely on the eyeballs of other people who are ostensibly better than us. Zero players in this draft had a better future value on command than Colwyn. He was tied with a couple other biggest names in the draft. Uh, you know, it's not yeah. all there yet. They love like his yeah. delivery. They like his velocity. He has four pitches. Like I said, like Colwyn looks really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and some I think teams my had... initial revulsion is going to be proven quite wrong. I hope it <laughs> is. I'm absolutely rooting for you, Cole Wynn, should you be listening to this podcast. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I, I did see that some people had him, had him going as high as number two. Yeah, overall. he was apparently tied to the Giants a little bit, which is so, really interesting. Yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. And Unfortunately, and, oh, go on. Oh, yeah, and I'll say kind of one other note on that is that um, – when when you think about somebody that's projected maybe by some people as going number two overall and drops to number 15, you think, why did that happen? What's the problems with him? And a lot of times uh, you think about signability issues and uh, things like that, especially with a prep kid. But um, all reports say that, that he's excited to become a Ranger and that we're going to sign all of our top 10 uh, draft picks at least. So mm-hmm. that's something that we shouldn't really be too concerned about. I saw an interesting note just on that specifically that had to do more with Matthew Liberator, who was the top left-handed prep pitcher in the draft, but I think it applies to, to win a little bit, is that when some of these high school players dropped surprisingly, especially because of, and we're definitely going to talk about this on Sunday, um, the Athletics taking Kyler Murray ninth overall. That's crazy. Paying him $5 million to keep playing football? That's insane to me. Anyway, because yeah. they took Murray at nine. Um, that shifted up sort of who was available to teams. And so Liberator especially, uh, Kyle McDaniel at Fangraphs talked about this on Twitter today, but I think when, to some extent, when these players started slipping, teams that had never expected to see these players saw these guys on the board and didn't have numbers. They hadn't talked to these guys. Mm. They had not worked out the... Uh, the amounts that they're going to have to pay these dudes, and so they balked. You don't have very much on the clock, so you have to go, can we work out a number really quick? No, we know who we want to take. So Texas, according to Kip Fagg on the broadcast director of amateur scouting, 
said that Wynn was their number two player. So like the, they had talked to Wynn a ton. They talked to Casey Mines. They knew they were never going to get him. But they wanted Casey Mines. And they presumably talked to Cole Wynn. He was heavily scouted by the guys who were highlighted in some of these articles we've seen recently. They knew Wynn's number. So when he was there, they're like, right. there may be other guys, but we know this guy. And we're going to take him. Uh, and that, that helps. Hopefully it's a win for everybody. That's right. Unfortunately for Cole, he is not my favorite player in this draft. Not even close. Um, 98% of my fandom, my scouting prowess and ability will be directed towards our eighth pick in this draft. Yes. Of course I am talking about Jax Biggers. Jax Biggers, everybody. Shortstop, Arkansas. I actually saw him play this year. I watch SEC baseball a little bit. Jax Biggers, straight out of a Star Wars movie, straight into your <laughs> local minor league affiliate. Jax Biggers is the number one player in this draft. He will be an ultra star. Book it. It's going to happen. That's good. Yeah, and, and with a name like Jax, you can just do a lot of fun with that. Oh. Just right off the top of my head, Jax giveaway. I mean, it, it makes itself. Hey. Uh, it's going to be so good. Yeah. Jax Biggers, he's going to be a star. Just, uh, just hold on to your butts. It's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, but hold on to your butts for our next episode. We'll have a little bit more draft talk. We'll get Mike on here to, to share his thoughts about a bunch of seventeen year olds he's never met, just like the rest of us. <laughs> uh, we will continue talking about this. Hopefully, we will have some uh, outside information on some of these uh, interesting children in the future. So the Rangers of tomorrow, yes, yeah. the the future Ragnars. We're going to talk about them. We're talking about them at length, unnecessary length. But we're going to do it. We'll have more big league and minor league recaps. We'll bring all that content to you soon. In the meantime, just just watch Down East. Ignore everything else. <laughs> Edgar, Dondo, John Hernandez. Just watch Down East. Just Yeah. You're all dudes. You're all dudes to me. Yep. And make sure that you also watch Joey Gallo, center fielder. It's as happening we, now. Uh, as we take over the uh, – we're going to win the silver boot this year. We're going to do it. I am calling that. I'm calling that, and with if the Mariners keep on, if the Jerry Depoto's like magic spell that he put over his team continues to work, and you know the Mariners kick our butts over the season, and the Astros maybe play below 500 against us, and they lose the division, it's a win. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, oh it's, it's so on my sweet. screen right now, Joey Gallo, center field. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah, go go <laughs> run something oh, wait, down. Oh wait, Chu is playing left. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh uh, no! Some sort of uh, rebuild that's not really a rebuild, but it's basically a rebuild is going on. There's my dog. All right, well, I've had fun. Hayden's got to run. We'll talk to you everybody soon. Yep. Uh, until we'll see next you later time, on. folks. This is the Rangers Rundown. Peace. Go, Joey. <laughs>